bold advice for anybody is whether it's starting intermittent fasting or whether it's starting your blog or whether it's starting that hobby you've always wanted to do, just start it. Stop thinking about the what ifs. Stop thinking about what others will think. Stop thinking you have to like prep and prepare and like and figure it out before you begin because what will happen is a year will go by and you're going to be in the same place you were and you're going to regret that you didn't just start. I am 50 plus pounds lighter. I'm so much healthier. I love myself. My mental health has improved so much. And so whether, again, whether it's intermittent fasting or a diet that you're wanting to begin or anything in your life that you want to start, stop waiting and just start doing. This is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids, I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly, the world needs you. Good morning, Diana. It is such a pleasure to have you on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So Diana is joining us all the way from San Antonio, Texas. And even though this episode will launch a little bit in the future, Diana and her family have been through quite the adventure the past week with this crazy, crazy weather in Texas and the storm. So I'm sure all our listeners are curious to know how you were doing and uh, do you have, you must have obviously power now, but (laughs) you must have water. (laughs) What's going on? Yes. So um, thankfully uh, we actually, I found out we never lost power throughout the whole thing. And I found the reason for that was because we live on a power grid with a fire station and they kept the power on for, you know, the emergency people. So we never lost power at our home. However, the weather was absolutely insane. None of us could really go to work. We didn't have um, all the power lines were out. We didn't have cell phone service here, but I had family and friends literally in and out of my house because they didn't have power. They didn't have water. Um, so I was like, anybody and everyone is welcome to come over and spend the night and use a shower. And, you know, I have electricity, so we'll make food. So I was, you know, even though we fared better than most throughout the storm, I was glad we were able to contribute to helping, you know, those around us who needed the electricity and the, and the heat and the warmth. So, um, we had a pretty full house all week with, you know, friends and family here who needed help. So, well, how amazing are you that you here, you have something that a lot of people didn't have last week. And I was hearing all the horror stories out of, from my friends in San Antonio, you know, I had one friend, she has a new baby and they Mm -hmm. were out of power and water. And she's like, bet if, you know, if it wasn't, if it was just me, then it would be fine. Or if it was just me and my husband, it would be fine. Right. New baby. This has been like a scary, horrible nightmare. And so I'm so glad it's getting better and that you were able to help so many people. And I'm glad so. I think that's great. And today we're going to talk about how your journey has also inspired you to help people. And we are going to talk about your intermittent fasting journey. And so I cannot wait to dive in and learn more about you. So Diana, for our guest today, can you share a little bit more about you know, your family, your kids and a kid and all the things. And then let's share how uh, you came across intermittent fasting and go right, right to there. 
Okay, of course. So um, I am married to my husband, Nick. We've been married, I think it'll be eight years this year. I've lost track. We've been together forever. So I don't even know how long we've been married at this point, but we have a daughter. Her name is Charlie. She's a little redhead. We don't know where the red came from, probably somewhere down the line, uh, an ancestor of some kind, but she is my pride and joy. I love her so much. And like I mentioned, we live in San Antonio and um, I have been on my intermittent fasting journey now for a year. February 3rd was actually my fast anniversary, is what we call it in the fasting world. And it's just been, honestly, this is probably going to sound really cliche and people might roll their eyes at me when I say this, but it's been a life-changing experience. And I mean that in I literally mean that in the in the best way possible because it's not only changed me physically, it's done a lot for me mentally. So it's just been a really, really amazing year. I have been, I think, what I consider heavy um, or quote unquote, the big girl pretty much my whole life. I, I can remember the day when I became body conscious and aware of my my body. It was the fifth grade. I was walking from the band hall to class um, in a different building and a boy named Robbie, I remember him, I remember exactly what it looked like and what he sounded like. And as I was walking by him, he said, oh, look, Diana, you're as big as the building. You're so fat. And you know, what is, how old are you in the fifth grade? I don't know. Like, yeah, well, my daughter's, my oldest daughter's in fifth and you're either, I think 10 or 11. Yeah. And I'm okay. And I was the youngest in, in my class. So probably I was 10. And that is like, that's the moment where I became aware of my weight or just not really, I don't even think I was like looking back at pictures. I don't think I was a large child or a a heavy set girl. I just, you know, kids are mean. Right. And so that's, I just, I just know that that's when it started for me when I became aware of diets and I need to lose weight and I'm too fat. And, um, like just those negative, the negative self-talk that's when it happened for me. And can you imagine like a 10 year, 10 years old, I have a daughter now and she's, she'll be five. And I can't even imagine her five years from now having those thoughts about herself. So it was a really difficult, I guess, internal battle that I had with myself and have had pretty much my whole adult life even. Um, Cause I've always considered myself the big girl or, you know, being thick or, you know, larger than other people. I have tried all the diets. I have tried all the programs. I have, I don't know how much money I've spent on, you know, supplements and workout programs and keto diets for a little while and whole 30. And I only made it to like whole eight, you know, like just always giving up on myself and never really always going back to that mindset of like, this is difficult. This is hard. I can't do this, or I don't have the time or just never really giving myself the opportunity to succeed in anything. And plus, you know, diets are hard and losing weight is hard. And when you're already in the mindset of you don't like what you see and you're just, you just don't feel good about yourself and, and everyone, including myself, always wants like that quick fix. And when you don't mm-hmm. see it immediately, you get discouraged and you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. And then you end up putting on 10 extra pounds. Um, that was me. And I know that there's a lot of people who can relate to that. I also am a an emotional eater. I would eat my feelings if I was sad, upset, mad. You know, if Nick and I at the time, like we're going through a breakup, like just take me to Sonic and let me eat everything because I'm just so sad right now. You know, like everything involves food all the time. And I was always And it wasn't the right kinds of food either. Like it wasn't healthy choices that I was making. So yeah, my life just, it just revolved around this emotional eating that I suffered with kind of secretly, I guess. I think if you ask any of like my friends and family, they would probably never know or be able to say, really, Diana, it was like that. But looking back now that I have more clarity on the mental health aspect of, you know, intermittent fasting and what it's done for me. Yeah, I definitely had like secret eating problems that I never really let anyone in on knowing, including my husband, you know, all this time. So yeah, I know there's a lot of people out there who kind of maybe have similar 
stories to that. So that's why it's important to me to share about my intermittent fasting story, because I know people will be able to relate to that. And so last year in February, I, well, in January, actually, I should say my husband and I went on a cruise. And after I saw the photos of myself from that cruise, I was just devastated because I, they were just, I looked at myself and I was like, Diana, how did you allow this to happen? Like how I was 240 pounds when I started um, intermittent fasting and I was 250 at my nine, when I was nine months pregnant, you know, five years prior to that. So I hadn't lost a whole lot of the baby weight. I just kind of kept it on. And I looked at those pictures after that cruise and, you know, even on the cruise bet, I was, I felt awful about myself. I would look in the mirror and I would just be like, God, like you're on a cruise. And I didn't necessarily enjoy myself to the full capacity as I could, because I was always just so self-conscious of what I look like in my bathing suit or, you know, in my shorts or you know, just those insecurities and fears you have of people looking at you or maybe saying, talking about you. I'm sure nobody even noticed I was in the room, but you just, again, it's those negative things that you tell yourself. It's the story that you tell yourself over and over again. So after I had seen those photos, I was like, I have got to make a change, but knowing myself, I knew that I was going to quit, you know, two weeks in, or, you know, I had tried everything and nothing was working. So I don't, I don't exactly remember how I stumbled across intermittent fasting. I think I had maybe like seen a few things posted about it on Facebook or whatever. So I was like, what the heck is this? Let me just look into it. And I kind of did a little bit of research, not a lot. I was just like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I can intermittent fast for a little while. This doesn't seem difficult. Um, so I just chose a day, which was February 3rd. And I said, I'm going to start. And I started at 16.8 and just kind of took my first step. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I didn't think about it much. I just was like, I've tried everything. So this is something I haven't done before. And we're just going to give it, give it a go. And you know, I, I can definitely elaborate more on my story throughout, but a year later, here I am still doing it and I love it and it's been the best thing. So oh, I think this is so powerful. It's really important that we hear people's stories because like you said, I think there are so many things that others will be able to relate to. And I specifically hear from most of my guests, they all have this moment, right? And a lot of the moments are a photo. Mm-hmm. And some of them, that photo, they actually before then had great, you know, body image. Some of them didn't have good body image. But mm-hmm. no matter what, there's this time and place that that was like, this is my moment. And I had a very similar one that I've shared about where I went on a last minute trip with a friend mm-hmm. and I was not expecting to go. And it was to Mexico. Like it was a very last minute. I had had four kids and in five years. (laughs) And I remember going and when I saw a photo of myself, I almost didn't recognize myself. Uh You know, I was like, who, wait, that's not me. And so I think it's really important to hear that, that moment, but also to hear that, you know, you kind of struggled in secret. And I, I find Uh that's more of a a female thing, but not always. There's a lot of people who are struggling and you wouldn't even know it. And they, they're not feeling good about themselves and they're eating in private or they're, Mm -hmm. they're closet eating per se. That kind of, I want to say that that was me a little bit in the sense that, you know, I, like I said, if you ask anybody, they would tell you that really Diana was like that because I always preached about body confidence and loving yourself. And, you know, I think I I wanted to believe that about my own self. It was just, I feel like if I maybe projected that out there, that's what I would receive, you know, for myself, but it just never really happened that way. But I always, always talked about body confidence. So, but in secret, I hated myself. I hated the way I look. And it sounds so shallow. I think when you're, when people, when, when I, when I think about my own self, like it sounds so shallow to think like, how could you not love yourself just by the way you look? But it just, I don't know how to explain it. You just do. And I did not like what I saw when I looked in the mirror, but you wouldn't know it if you looked at my Facebook, because my Facebook would be love yourself, love your body. Everyone should love their curves and whatever. 
But yeah, I was definitely suffering in silence and and beating myself up mentally for it. So Diana, I think you hit on something that is very interesting. Okay. So I've noticed every once in a while when I share about my health journey, I feel like I have to have the, like, I feel like there's a group of people out there that might be judging me because I'm showing, you know, a weight loss result or I'm showing, hey, uh, I went down a size and they might say, well, bet you're not encouraging body positivity. Right. You're... And that's something I've really struggled with because at the same time they're telling me that I, you almost wonder, you wonder if they're struggling too and that mm-hmm. they're kind of kind of critiquing somebody else or are, it's a really interesting dynamic because yeah. I, I like you want to be positive no matter what size or shape anyone is. I want to be positive no matter what weight people are. At the same time, we cannot ignore that no matter what size you are, there are times when we don't feel our best. And I think that's where you were saying is I did not feel my best. And I don't know. It's something that I really think about a lot where I want to make sure that when I'm sharing tools that can help people on their health journey, that I'm not saying that where you're at is not beautiful and wonderful too. Right. At the same time, I think that we're ignoring, if we focus on that too much, we're ignoring that for some people, they're saying they want to love where they're at, but they still know they could be healthier. Right. No, I agree. I've struggled with that a little bit. Like how I, as I feel like I'm a leader, right? I feel like I'm someone who people look towards and I want to encourage people no matter where they're at. At the same time, I think you've hit on something is that you were trying to be confident with where you were at, but you knew that maybe you could feel better. Right. And you know, when you when you, it wasn't, it wasn't like I had been a thin person my whole life. And then I got pregnant and gained weight and I was trying to lose baby weight. Like this has been a struggle since I was 10, you know, I'm 36 now and almost 37. And, you know, it's difficult to undo everything that you have been thinking about yourself and the the stories you tell yourself and what you see when you look in the mirror and, you know, all of those things. And my husband could tell me, a thousand times a day, how beautiful I am and that I, that he loves me the way I am. And he's, he's very good about that because I need, <laughs> I need the validation. Let's be honest. Right. But right. <laughs> unless I believe it, it doesn't matter. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to be the one that believes it. It's your body. It's your brain. It's your mind. And you have to be the one to believe it. And the moment that you were talking about when everybody has that moment, I think that that moment is the most important because unless you have that moment, you're never going to make the change, you know, because you can say, oh yeah, I need to lose 10 pounds or I need to, I need to make a change or whatever. But until you have that, like that click, that snap, whatever happens in your mind until that happens, it's just going to, you're going to continue to fail and fail and fail and fail. And, and, or that's how it's been in my experience because I never had that moment until I saw last year, that photo, I was like, girl, what is going on? No, we're not doing this anymore. We got to make a change. Like, no, you know, right. So right. that moment is so important for people to have that realization and that moment of clarity of like, okay, no, we're not doing this another day. We have to fix it. Yeah. Cause I think until then you're kind of hoping things will change and you're kind of dabbling. It's kind of like the person at the end of a a pool and they're kind of putting their, their toes Uh in or their feet in. And I think what that moment does is it says, no, we've got to dive in. We've got to, we've got to jump in and our health has been a little bit too low on the priority list and we need to move it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what, that's what that moment does. So it's February of last year. Uh You find intermittent fasting. You dive into a 16-8 protocol, which is 16 hours fasting, eight hours of eating. Yes. Now let's 
talk about what that looked like and your progression from February on. What what sure. you started 16-8, what did it look like? When did you normally start your window? All the things. Okay, sure. Yeah. So yeah, fell into intermittent fasting, just kind of heard some stuff about it, did a tiny bit of research, not too much, but I was like, this seems easy. Like this is this seems simple, right? So I started uh, my 16-8. I started, I made my window, I made the decision that I would close my window every day by 9 p.m. So that gave me the opportunity to have like dessert or a beer with my husband in the evening or a glass of wine or something and still feel, you know, like I was living my best life. (laughs) And I would close my window at 9 p.m. and then open it up again at 1 p.m. the next day. So from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. is is when my window to eat was. And it definitely in the beginning took some adjustment. It's funny. Do you ever look back at your Facebook memories? Do you ever go back and see like the stuff you posted last year? Yes. Yes. It's fascinating. So I, I, yes, I do. Okay. So I, uh, you know, when my year came up, I was looking at my uh, Facebook memories and it literally, there was a post the day I began fasting that said, I hate this bull crap. This is terrible. I never like, why did I decide to do this? I'm so hungry. I hate it. Like, I was complaining about having to drink black coffee instead of putting my cream and sugar. Like I looked back at, like I saw that memory and I laughed because I was like, and now I can never see myself without it. But it's so funny because it like with anything else, whether it's a diet, because I don't consider intermittent fasting a diet at all. It's truly a lifestyle, but anything that you do and jump into, you're going to have difficulty when you start out and intermittent fasting is no different, right? So it was hard. Um, at least for the first, I want to say maybe three weeks, it was pretty difficult because you're used to eating all the time. You're used to eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They tell you to eat snacks for your metabolism and you know, yada, yada, yada. So it's difficult to like not eat in a certain period of time and then, you know, have to wait until the afternoon or whatever your window is um, for your meal. So, um, and then of course you go through your periods of like being really hungry because you're not used to, you know, living on an empty stomach for a little while. And for me, when I, would not eat, I would get nauseous, which is why I would always try to have breakfast because I would feel sick by 10, 11 o'clock if I wasn't eating. And of course, you know, opening your window up at one, that's the afternoon. And so I, I went through periods of like headaches and just like, why am I doing this to myself? I'm hangry. You know, when you get to the point where you're so mad because you're so hungry. But in that time, you know, because I share everything about my life on Facebook, anybody will tell you that I'm probably an oversharer, but I would, I would share things on my Facebook, like, Oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. Intermittent fasting. I don't know if I can do this any longer. What am I doing? I really want to eat right now, but I have three hours. And so my friend, um, Heidi, um, had commented on that post and she was like, Hey, try this little trick. Just put some pink salt under your tongue, take a gulp of water, and that should help curb your appetite. And so she kind of helped me like with tips and tricks and was just kind of like a little mentor to help me in intermittent fasting. And I would ask her questions and she would answer them for me and and send over links and things like that. And then she is actually the one who introduced me to Jen Stevens and her intermittent fasting group. And was like, join this group. There's a ton of information and whatever. So I did, I did probably about three weeks into my intermittent fasting journey is when I found the Jen Stevens group. And then, you know, from there, it was like information overload. I had all of this great stuff right at my fingertips. I was seeing before and afters of people who were doing intermittent fasting and were like having a lot of success. So then I kind of became obsessed with learning all I could about it and like all of the benefits. And it it was no longer just to lose weight. It was, I want to learn and like really see what I can do with this information. And Um, within the first, maybe 35, 40 days, I saw my bloat just completely disappear. Like I I didn't realize how bloated I was and like how much water I was just holding on to. Like my legs were trunks. My stomach was like 
like to put it into perspective, like it, it hurt to bend over and tie my shoes or to like strap my sandals because I just had this big gut in the way and it was all bloat. This whole time I had been bloated and within the first 30, 35-ish days, the bloat had completely gone away. And that's when I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is good. <laughs> yeah. I can keep doing this. Like, this is great. And so I uh, picked up the book, Fast Feast Repeat from Jen Stevens, and I dove right into it and I read all I could and I learned everything. And I was like, like, this is amazing. Like, why aren't more people doing this? This is awesome. So, you know, Jen talks about taking pictures every day or, you know, weekly or whatever. So I was taking all the photos. I think my husband was probably like, can you stop taking all these pictures all day long? Because anytime I pass a mirror or, you know, whatever, I would take a selfie, take pictures of myself. Like when I'd get out of the shower, I'd put on my bra and panties and I would take a picture because I was like, I have to see this progression or I know myself, I'm going to quit. I'm not going to keep going unless I see these changes. So I took pictures all the time. And to this day, I still take pictures. And I did a comparison picture from like when I first started uh, intermittent fasting to like, you know, my maybe like 50, 60 day mark and the scale didn't move, but maybe seven pounds, but the pictures told a completely different story. And I was like, okay, like I'm sold. I'm going to keep going. And I'm, I'm, I'm the kind of person who always gave up on myself. Like I would start something, a diet or whatever, I mean, it can even be like a hobby. I can start something for 30 days and be like, nah, next, I'm over it. But I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to give up on myself this time. I have too many times I have been in the new year and I have said to myself, if I would have just kept going when I started a year ago, I would be so different today. I said, I'm not going to do that again mm-hmm. this time. And I didn't. And I started intermittent fasting and I kept going. And a year later, I have lost over 50 pounds. Um, I, I don't weigh myself anymore. So when I, I know for sure it's 50 and then whatever else besides that, cause my clothes continue to get looser, my pictures continue to change. So I know there's been more weight loss since then, but I don't weigh myself cause I hate the scale. She's a liar. She's a liar and a thief and I don't like her. <laughs> so <laughs> she's out of my house. I can't stand her. So yeah, it's just been an incredible journey. I have tried, you know, there's more what word am I looking for? There's more protocols and approaches to intermittent fasting. It's not just like a one size fits all, as I'm sure, you know, um, it's, I did 16, eight for about, I don't know, four months. And then I was like, Hmm, let me try 24. And then I dabbled in 24 for a little bit. And then I thought, let me try alternate day fasting where you do an updated down day where one day you fast for a complete full day. And the next day you have your regular you know, three meals and all of those things. I, I've done a 36, one 36 hour fast a week. I've done a 24 hour fast a week. I feel like I've kind of dabbled into all of the approaches possible. Mm-hmm. And I have found my, like my sweet spot of where I know is where I continue to lose weight. And I am continuing to have success with it is like 24 or OMAD and OMAD is one meal a day. I'm sure you know that as well, but 20 hours of fasting. I have my four hour eating window usually ends up being the one meal, like the one big meal that I have. Uh, but sometimes because it's four hours and if I've already eaten, I'm like, I want a snack or I want an ice cream or I want to do this. Um, I do it. And the most important thing that I tell people, cause my inbox blows up all the time. Cause I talk about intermittent fasting all the time and people literally, even this morning, I had three messages from friends who had been watching my journey. They were like, okay, I think I'm ready to jump in. What the heck do I do? What I tell people like the best thing about intermittent fasting, that is my favorite thing because I have suffered from, you know, these secret eating things is like, you don't have to give up the foods that you love and your, and your indulgences and your treats that you give yourself at the end of the day. You don't have to give any of that up. Like you can still get healthy and make changes in your life and not have to be restricted to cutting calories, cutting your favorite foods, cutting carbs, um, doing any of that, which is why it's so easy to do because you're not limited and you're not restricted and you don't feel like after two weeks, like I can't do this anymore because I want a big 
bowl of pasta. And now I feel like I cheated because I ate it and I got to start all over. So you're like, screw it. I'm not doing this anymore. No, it's not like that with intermittent fasting. Like you can eat and do whatever you wish and still continue to see the benefits of it, which for me, I mean, I've, I've not exercised pretty much this entire time and I've still lost over 50 pounds, um, with intermittent fasting. So it's, it's been a godsend. It's been a blessing. It's been something that I'm proud to look back at myself and say, I didn't quit. This is the first thing that I have done that I didn't quit. And even if I had only lost 15 pounds, which is still an amazing accomplishment, I say only, but that's, that's a lot of weight to lose. I would still be very excited and proud that I continued. I stayed the course. I trusted the process. And here I am over a year later now, and I cannot see my life without it. And I mentioned at the beginning that it's helped my mental health a lot because, you know, the negative self-talk for myself is almost non-existent now. I don't, I'm not, I'm not at my goal weight. I still have, you know, the jiggle and the wiggle and I still, you know, sit down and have rolls and whatever. Like, but now I almost embrace them. Like, I like it. Like, this is, this is my body. I have worked hard to be here. I have been on this journey for a year. And like, I truly look at myself now in the mirror And even though I'm not at my quote unquote goal, I don't even know what that might look like, to be honest with you, because I don't really have a goal in mind other than some arbitrary number. But I look at myself now and I'm like, dang girl, like, I like what I see. Like, I, I, you know, I, I have hated, hated my, I have back fat. I don't know if you've ever experienced or had that back that right below your bra line. Totally. I hate it. And I've hated it my whole life. And now, I mean, it's, it's a lot smaller now and it's almost completely gone, but it's still there a little bit. And I look and I'm like, I don't even mind it now. Like it doesn't bother me anymore. And, and I can't even tell you when it happened for me in my mind as like when the, the positivity started overcoming and taking over the negativity that I was experiencing in my own head and the stories I was telling myself, but it happened. And like, I look at myself and I'm like, I I really honestly, truly like what I see when I look in the mirror, I no longer look in the mirror and roll my eyes at myself or say, Oh, I, I need to go on a diet or I need to do something. Like I look at myself and I'm proud Mm -hmm. of my accomplishment and I am proud at what my body looks like. And I put clothes on now and I enjoy like finding outfits and like shopping my closet again, where I'm like, I haven't seen this shirt or worn this shirt in forever. You know, it was so funny two years ago. I'm obsessed with Hamilton. Have you ever seen Hamilton? Yes. Fabulous. (laughs) I'm obsessed. My husband and I, and my, even my five-year-old we're obsessed with Hamilton. So, uh, the musical came to San Antonio, uh, two years ago, Nick took me on my birthday and we went and I bought a shirt, um, with the Skylar sisters on it. And it was a large, that was the only size it went up to. So I bought it. And when I got home, I put it on, I was so excited and it fit so tight. And I was like, I'm not wearing this. I was really sad and disappointed that I couldn't wear it. So it it was in the back of my closet all this time. And so um, probably about a month or so ago, I was just kind of shopping my closet again because I enjoy putting outfits together and getting dressed and like seeing what I look like now in my clothes. And I found the shirt and I was like, oh my God, I haven't seen this shirt. I totally forgot that I even had it. And I put it on and it was too big. And I was like, amazing. I love it. I, I just, I had a party in my closet because I've been wanting to wear, you know, I wanted to wear that shirt for so long, but it was so tight and I hated it. And I found it again and it brought me so much joy just knowing like I can wear my favorite shirt now. I forgot I even had it, but now I can wear it and be confident and rock it and be comfortable. And I did. And like, I just love I love what I look like now. And I can honestly say that without secretly binge eating or secretly having, you know, my, my food. I can, I can truly say that when I post body confidence, I mean it now. And I'm not secretly hiding my own eating issues because they're no longer there. Right. I think that that's so huge to heal that. And like you said, you don't know that exact moment that that happened. 
Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now let's get back to our guest. So now you're primarily doing kind of a 20 and four window. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When people come to you and they say, Diana, okay, I can't believe it. You barely exercise. (laughs) You really aren't overly critical on your food choices. You're not calorie counting. Mm -hmm. What other advice do you give them? I loved your point about the pink salt. I think Mm -hmm. that's really huge. I think a lot of people come to me and they'll say, oh, I was getting headaches or, oh, I, you know, I just, I'm not feeling a hundred percent. And then they add a little bit of pink salt to either their coffee or they just put some under their tongue and they notice huge differences. What are some other tips that you share when people approach you? I I definitely do the, the pink salt trick and I share just lots of water. One of the huge benefits to intermittent fasting is that you learn to listen to your body and you learn when you're hungry and when you're not hungry. You learn when you're actually just thirsty versus being hungry, um, you learn that your body and your stomach just gurgles because that's what your body does. And it doesn't mean you're hungry and you need to go eat. Mm. So you really learn to listen to your body. So one of the biggest things I always tell people is, you know, the first two to three weeks are going to be your hardest. So you just got to get through and push through your first two to three weeks. And after that, it is all downhill uh, because you get adjusted. Your body recognizes that, hey, I'm not starving myself. So it no longer sends you those headaches or those tummy aches or those giant hunger pains. You, you just you become adjusted to it and it gets so much easier. So really, other than the pink salt and, and continuing to drink more water, Um, I say just, it's a lifestyle change. You just got to suck it up and get over, get through those two first two to three weeks. And after that, it'll be so simple. And I can't tell you how many times like people in my, you know, fasting group will come to me and they'll be like, you were right. Like, this is easy now. I'm 30 days in and it's not as hard as it was. So really it's just, you just got to push through it to do the pink salt trick, put it in your coffee or put it under your tongue or, um, you know, sip your water but I promise you're not going to die. I promise you're not going to die of starvation. (laughs) Um, Right. It's so weird though. We have been so trained to snack and I I love saying stop snacking. You're not a toddler, but um, one of the members of my group, Keith, he recently said, we're also not a cow with eight stomachs, Mm -hmm. right? Eight stomachs, I think. Yeah. We don't need to be constantly grazing. And I love that advice. I think it's simple, straightforward, but it's also recognizes that it's not that if you feel like it's hard at first, that's normal. What about uh, coffee? Are you a coffee drinker? You know, it's funny. I guess. And I had tried to do, cause you know, when you clean, I'm a very clean, like squeaky clean fast. I follow Jen Stevens advice to a T and that is what I tell people to do as well when they ask me how to do it. And before fasting or starting intermittent fasting, um, I would have coffee and I would put, put so much cream in it that it was like light. It, you couldn't even tell it was coffee, you know, and so much sugar in it. And I enjoyed coffee and the, the ritual of it and the smell of it. And I loved having my sweet coffee. So honestly, like for probably the first, I don't know, maybe almost like eight or nine months into my fasting journey. Cause it has to be black coffee. If it's outside of your eating window in your window, you can have whatever, however you want it. But outside of your eating window, it needs to be black. And it, it was disgusting. I hated black coffee now. And it took me about nine months, like to get over, like not liking it. Now I absolutely enjoy drinking black coffee. It's still not my absolute favorite, but I don't hate it anymore. And when I try to drink coffee with cream and sugar, I dislike it. It's so weird. Your taste buds change. 
during intermittent fasting for whatever this, I know that there's some science behind that, but I don't even like cream and sugar in my coffee anymore. It has to be black or I'm just not drinking coffee. Unless it's like an iced frappuccino or like some fun drink from Starbucks, it's just black coffee. So. So what encouragement do you give there? Because I'm sure you are like me, where one of the number one things I get is that, but I would clean fast or I would fast, (laughs) but I can't get about my coffee. My my coffee is my, yes, my sacred ritual in the morning. And I'm like, no, no, I get it. I promise (laughs) you, like I am that person too. I thought I couldn't. And uh, what do you tell people? Like so, it does get easier, right? Yes. I tell people it gets easier and I'm not, I don't shy away from saying like, it took me like nine months to be able to say, okay, black coffee's not bad. Um, so it's not like it's going to happen. I mean, it might, I don't know. Everyone's different. It's not like it's going to happen overnight, but I, I say a few things. I say, if you cannot give up your, your coffee with your cream and like all of that stuff, then you must have a morning window. You have to have your window in the morning when you wake up so that you can enjoy your coffee. And then you have to, you know, close it by the afternoon or early evening so that you can begin your fast. So if you cannot give it up, because the thing about intermittent fasting is that we delay, we don't deny. And I don't want you to have to deny and be overly restricted with your coffee that you'd say, "Eh, I'm not going to do intermittent fasting the way we've done with all these other, you know, weight loss things. I want you to succeed. So you either need to make your window in the morning so you can still indulge in your coffee or, uh, we need to, you know, get used to drinking black coffee. Um, it's better when it's iced. That's kind of how I like, like weaned myself, I guess was from regular delicious coffee with creamer and sugar is I started drinking iced coffee, black which is a lot more easy to get down than hot coffee black. So I always encourage like start with iced coffee or cold, cold brew. Starbucks has a, what is it called? I forget the name of it, but they put like, I'll remember later and I can tell you what it is. You can put it in the show notes if you if you want, but it's an iced coffee and it almost tastes like it has cream in it. Is that the nitro? nitro. Is that the nitro? Thank nitro. you. Yes, yes. You're welcome. Yes. Nitro coffee, cold brew, but you have to tell them no sweet cream because they automatically put the sweet cream in it because that's how it comes. But when it's, when you get it and it's black, it almost tastes like it has cream, no sugar. It's not sweet, but it almost doesn't have that bitter black coffee taste. Um, so I say, you know, that's a good option. Iced coffee to start is a good option, but if you absolutely must have your yummy, delicious coffee, then you need to have, you need to set yourself a morning morning eating window. Diana, that is such great advice because I think so many people, they hear uh, 16, eight, they hear 24, 20 and four. Mm-hmm. And they, I can't tell you the number of people who say, yes, uh, they think they have to have an evening window. And I found as a mom, I don't know why, but actually a midday earlier window at times has been really helpful for me and less so due to the cream in my coffee. But it just simplified my day and I enjoyed a midday window and I had really good results there. So people, I guess, listen to what Diana said is that you don't have to have an evening window. Mm -hmm. And if a morning or a midday window works better for you, and ironically, Diana, early in my journey... I was doing like a fat coffee in the morning Mm. and I would do what some people call it bulletproof and different things. And what I would do is I would have that and then I wouldn't snack and then I would have a bigger lunch. So I think you've nailed something that people can try. If they really think that they can't give up their morning coffee with cream, but that's the only thing preventing them from fasting, try what Diana Mm -hmm. says, try a morning window and then ease into black coffee maybe later. Right. So I, I love that advice. Yes, I think that's absolutely, great. Absolutely. Cause you want to be, I want you to be successful with intermittent fasting because I know it works and I know what it's done for me and how it's completely changed my life. Like I want you to have those same results. And if it's, if it's a matter of your coffee, then just have your window in the morning and have your coffee. Like it's not that serious. It's not that difficult. Just have that morning window and you will see that success. And what I love 
I keep saying what I love about intermittent fasting. I mean, there's so, I love everything about it, but it's so flexible. So I tell you, you know, that my window, I usually have a 24, but it's not always at the same time every day. Cause it really just depends on whether or not I'm hungry. You know, if, if I feel like I'm hungrier today and I, and I haven't reached my 20 hour mark yet, my personal minimum is always 16 hours. I will never not fast less than 16 hours before I eat. So if I wake up today, you know, and, and my 20 hour window mark is set to open at 11, but I wake up and, and by 9am I'm hungry you know, 16 hours has already gone by. I'm, I'm okay to just go ahead and open my window and eat until I'm full and then I'll close it, you know, or if I'm not hungry by the time my 20 hours roll around, I don't eat until I am hungry. And sometimes it's not until like the 28th hour. And sometimes it's not until the next day because I'm just not hungry. So like I had mentioned, like you, you really become so in tune with your body that you can, you know, when you're full you know, when you're satisfied, I used to be the kind of person who I would like clear my plate when I was eating. Cause I didn't want to leave anything behind. I want, it tasted so good. I loved it so much. I enjoyed eating and I would eat it all. And of course I would be so full that I would have to like unbutton my pants and I would feel so guilty about myself. But now I can sit down and I can eat a smaller portion and feel satisfied. And I don't have that need or that urge to like want to eat more if that even makes sense or if you've ever experienced that before like you're like this is so good I just want to keep going I want more I want seconds I want thirds like I can eat and I can I can feel and sense when I'm done I'm I take my last bite and I'm like cool I'm I don't eat anymore I'm satisfied and and I'll stay full until the next day so a huge benefit to intermittent fasting is that it's not uh, you never cheat because you never need a cheat meal because you can continue to eat what you'd like and you never feel deprived because you can continue to eat what you like. And it's flexible to meet your schedule. It's flexible to meet your lifestyle. Um, and it can change daily. You're not like locked into this certain time. It can, you can change it up every day if you want. So that's what I really love about it is that every day is different. And as long as I've hit my 16 minimum, and I decide I want to eat, then I'm going to eat. <laughs> I think that's so great because something I had to really learn in my fasting journey was that there were going to be days where I was hungrier and there were days when I was less hungry. But I mm-hmm. think I had trained myself in the like calorie counting mentality that yes. you always eat about the same amount every day. Yes. And a fear that I think we have to dispel out there, and I think what you've communicated so beautifully is that if you have a day where you're a little bit hungrier, that's okay because you know what? There's going to be also days where you're less hungry and Mm -hmm. you don't have to fear that, oh, well, I have to hit this certain mark and I can't eat any more than that and I can't eat any less than that. No, it's it's a lot different. And I, like you, I'll have days where I'm hungrier and I'll Mm -hmm. open up a little bit earlier and I'll have days where, gosh, I'm just... I'm not that hungry. I'm busy. There's lots going on and I'm going to keep going. So I think that that is so powerful. So tell me in diet plans of the past or diet plans you see other moms doing, why Mm -hmm. do you think that this is so powerful for moms? Because I feel like as someone who is quote unquote busy, I think all moms are busy. I don't care if you have one kid or you have 10, you are busy. And you need to often work on simplifying your life. Have you found that as a busy mom, there have been a lot of benefits on simplifying your life? Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It makes it simple. You don't have to think about intermittent fasting. Like you, it just, it makes it so easy. You don't have to meal prep. You don't have to, I mean, unless you want to, of course, but you don't have to like spend four hours on a Sunday prepping your meals for the week so that you stay in your calories and, you know, carving out the time to like 
plan your recipes and, and, and making sure that you're within your whole 30 guidelines and like all of those things. I mean, of course, if you want to do that more power to you, but you don't have to, it's so easy. It's so simple. It doesn't take a lot of time. You literally, there's apps. I use the app called life. I think it's called life fasting or something like that. Um, where you set your timer, you start it and it'll tell you, Hey, it's time to close your window or Hey, it's time to open your window. I can't remember which one it does, but, and it's almost like mindless because you don't have to think about it. So yes, it simplifies your life because you're not having to do the extra with the traditional diet and the planning that comes with traditional diet. And it's just, it's so much easier, so much easier. And the other thing I, you pointed out is that, you know, I have guests that exercise a lot. I have guests that don't, ex, you know, don't exercise at all. Mm-hmm. I have all everything in between. Yeah. But what I find interesting is most of us, when we wanted to lose weight in the past, before looking at our plate and our fasting, we did, we just said we had to go to the gym more. So that was often my first step. And as a mom who is always trying to, uh, I guess, find more time in my day, it would often feel overwhelming to me to think I would have to, to lose weight or to get healthier. I needed to go spend two hours every day at the gym. Yeah. I do work out. I love to exercise. I love to move my body. But I think what I wanted to hone in on your journey is that that wasn't your first step in your journey. That wasn't that wasn't what actually helped you lose the weight. Not at all. Not at all. Zero. And, you know, I'm like you in the sense that, like, I enjoy exercise, like, just to feel good. I, when it feels like I'm doing it because I, I have to do it because I'm losing weight, it's, it's awful. It feels like a chore. Nobody wants to wake up at 5 a.m. or, you know, at the end of their day, go work out after a long, hard day because you're trying to lose 10 pounds. It becomes a daunting task, but I do enjoy it for health purposes and just to feel good. And just, you feel good after a nice sweat. Right. Mm-hmm. But with, with my intermittent fasting journey. So like, I want to say probably 90% of my weight loss, probably more than that was from intermittent fasting because I, I, have you heard of this 70, what is it? 75 hard challenge. Yes. Yes. Oh. I have heard of that. Okay. So I started this and like with anything else, I never finished. <laughs> I started 75 hard. Um, and I think I made it to like 25 <laughs> day 26 before I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It was one of the criteria is that you have to work out twice a day. And so in the beginning, it was great. And it was fun, you know, finding the time to work out and do one in the morning, do one in the evening, go on a family bike ride and whatever. But again, it just became such a daunting thing that I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So technically I worked out for about 25 days, um, throughout the whole, you know, intermittent fasting journey. But I don't, I don't attribute any of that to my weight loss because I really think had I not even done that, I would have continued to lose all of my weight without exercise. And I just feel like that's for a lot of people because there's a lot of people out there who don't enjoy exercising. They don't really care for it. But to be able to just have the mindless, effortless, like your body just does it for you. Your body's like, okay, we're burning fat today. You know, you don't got to go, you know, spend two hours at the gym. You can still eat your bowl of pasta during your window and it's cool. We're still going to burn your fat. (laughs) So, yeah, I love the, the fact that I have not had to exercise. I think that's great. You know, it becomes like January and people think I just need to go to the gym, 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 gym. And again, For those of us that enjoy that, I think it's great. I love going because I'm such a social person and I love being chatty and I love being competitive. However, if what you're showing is that gyms and working out and moving our body can be great for the mental health, can be great for many other overall metabolic health. But if you are needing to lose weight, the first step should often be what's on your plate or not on your plate or fasting really at the end of the day that that is and that has been the journey and the story for so many of my yeah guests. and I think you when you start quote unquote dieting or like wanting to lose weight one of the first things you go to is I need to work out okay but I'm busy when am I gonna work out oh I don't have the time to do it so 
I'm going to fail, right? You're, you're automatically going into it thinking you're going to fail. And it's, it's, it's just not the case with intermittent fasting. You, it's, it's, it takes off that aspect of having to incorporate an exercise routine um, in order for you to see results because autophagy is, is working and <laughs> your body is losing that weight. And, you know, in the story that you read that I had posted in the group about my weight loss, I had talked about like my C-section and I don't know if you, if you've birthed your children naturally, vaginally, or if you've had the, had a C-section before, but when, when, and and C-section moms will definitely understand this after your C-section, you're left with this pang. It's like your, your belly never looks the same again because you have this, they call it a mother's apron. I don't like calling, calling it that because it makes me feel like I'm back in the 1800s, like churning butter. Like, I don't like it. (laughs) It sounds so just, I like, I don't like it. So I don't call it a mother's apron. I just call it this awful belly hang. Um, Anyway, so any C-section mom who's listening to this will totally understand what that is because pretty much all of us have have it. And everything that I read in other mom groups or C-section mom groups and things, everyone is like, how do I get rid of this? I've tried everything diet and exercise program possible. And it's just not going away. And I can attest in my experience with intermittent fasting and the year that I have done it, my belly hang is almost gone, almost gone. It's, it's still there a little bit, but it's, if I, I know that if I just continue to keep going, that eventually it's probably going to be gone or, or, barely noticeable because intermittent fasting, autophagy, body recomposition that happens when you intermittent fast has, it changes your body. And my C-section scar honestly is, is very like barely there. It's, I know it's there because that's how I had my daughter, but you'd never know that I had a C-section trying to find a scar because it's pretty much almost gone. So I find that fascinating. <laughs> I love that. And I I think there's a lot of moms who I that really piqued my interest when I read that, not because I actually haven't had a C-section, but I hear about this from a lot of my moms who are like, oh, I need, I can't figure out how to uh, address this and get rid of this. And even though they're like, I, I, I love, you know, my child and I love my body in a lot of ways, but I, I, is there something that can address this? And I think your, your story is so inspiring. Yeah. So Diana, if people want to connect with you on social media, or you mentioned a group that you lead, tell us how to do that. If you want to jump in our Facebook group, we have an intermittent fasting group where we do six week challenges, like starting out with a 16, eight protocol. Then we move to an 18, six, and then we go into a 24 and we do it all. We do it together. Um, so it's a really great place to start. And I'm actually working on doing a 30 day fast start based on what Jen has in her book. So it's a really great group for support. Men and women are both allowed. It's not just an all woman only thing. Um, and it's a really great place for that support and accountability. So you can find that group on Facebook. It's called the clean fast intermittent fasting club. So uh, I'll link it in the show notes too. So I would, I will do that because that sounds great, especially to have kind of a challenge and a way to, to walk with others in communities. And it's really, it's really exciting because, or it's really, it's easy and it's not overwhelming because I have it set up in the guide section of the group. So you can literally join the group. You can go to the guides and right there, it has like, here's your first step. Here's the information. This is what's happening with your body. Here is what you need to do to begin. And then it has a middle and then it has the end. Like, so it's all laid out. It's easy. You don't have to think or try to figure out like, how am I going to jump into this or what do I do? It's, It's literally all laid out for you. So you can go into the group, you can go straight there and just start, you know, no excuses, nothing to get ready. You can just read it and go. So that's what I love about it. I love that. Well, this has been so informational, so helpful. I love hearing about your journey and I can't wait to continue to watch it continue to unfold. And, you know, I like to ask my guests to close an interview. What is their kind of bold advice for the listeners here today? My bold advice for anybody is whether it's 
starting intermittent fasting or whether it's starting your blog or whether it's starting that hobby you've always wanted to do, just start it. Stop thinking about the what ifs. Stop thinking about what others will think. Stop thinking you have to like prep and prepare and like and figure it out before you begin because what will happen is a year will go by and you are going to be in the same place you were and you're going to regret that you didn't just start. And in my experience, specifically to weight loss, that's how it always was for me. I just, I never really, I, I would quit or I never saw it through. And I am so thankful and grateful that I I didn't know anything about intermittent fasting. I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I jumped in and learned as I went. And here I am a year later and I am so much better for it. I am 50 plus pounds lighter. I'm so much healthier. I love myself. My mental health has improved so much. And so whether, again, whether it's intermittent fasting or a diet that you're wanting to begin or anything in your life that you want to start, stop waiting and just start doing. That can be advice that can be applied to any area. So I am so grateful for your encouragement for us all to just start. Yes. We don't have to have it all figured out. No. We learn by doing. And I love repeating that. And that's what you're saying. We yes. learn by doing. We improve by doing. So Diana, thank you for being here. And I can't wait to, like I said, continue to watch your beautiful journey unfold. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.